1: Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Badham, And in this episode, I'm going to talk with Dr. Ali Raza Nemati, Group Director, Human Resources over at iQualify UK. Dr. Ali is an individual with a diversified experience in HR and is known for his professional depth, skilled calibre, dedication and various contributions to the corporate sector and academia. His expertise is beneficial to organisations in developing and implementing the best flair that translates to the post-pandemic world, he says. He has worked at various leadership positions while scaling new standards of professional excellence, charting new avenues of sustainable growth and consolidating his previous organisations and institutes positions as a key player at the national and international levels. Dr. Ali, it's my absolute pleasure to welcome you to the show today.
2: Thank you, Bill. And I'm extremely happy to join you for, to talk about both academia, corporate and my humble experience to enlighten the audience as well.
1: And you're joining us all the way from Pakistan today. It's uh, it's the evening for you. So double thank you just for uh, making a time for me to, during your evening. Thank you very much again. Yes, yes, yes. So let's, let's get jump straight into it. First off, beyond my wee introduction there, Dr. Ali, why don't you start by taking a minute or two and introducing yourself? To our listeners,
2: So I've got a very uh, diverse profile, right, you know, so having a short introduction, I'm a chartered manager from, uh, uh, from UK and of course I'm a PhD as well, right, so uh, I've got a blend of both corporate and academia and uh, uh, initially when I used to hire people when I was in corporate sector, I served very big career in banking uh, for national and international banks. So, so I used to see that, of course, there's a skill gap in graduates and this has really intrigued me to have my PhD and then of course it did, took a lot of time. Rather, it took a toll on me to do my PhD while being in corporate. Uh, but then uh, fortunately, I landed in um, an academic sector. And um, I'm, I'm extremely grateful to the Lord, of course, that I can now play a role for developing the young graduates for the right skill sets so, to be employed. And it is normally said that uh, there's no employment across the world. But of course, there is lots of employment opportunities available. But the skill set is missing. There's a reason why many graduates miss to be employed. So this is a reason why uh, I'm playing a role with respect to my humble experience uh, internationally and nationally both.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the HR Chat Podcast. If you're enjoying this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe and leave a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. And now, back to the conversation.
1: Wonderful. Thank you very much. Let's talk a bit more about your experience and that's, and how that shaped what you do today. You, you do have... Extensive and uh, diverse uh, journey, uh, a career journey, in, in both corporate and academia, as you've mentioned. Can you maybe share some key experiences that have shaped your perspective on HR and leadership throughout your career?
2: Yes, yes, I can. I can share two, three perspectives with you, right? So, first of all, uh, one of the things I mentioned in the last question, right, and also uh, when I college, used to be in banking. We used to hire trainee badges. And you uh, know they were very fresh graduates and every, every time I used to interview them and I asked them, what is your speciality and what is your nuisance value? And what is your unique selling proposition? They used to say, uh, this is our GPA. This is our grade. This is our, uh, we, we are past, we are on merit, where it is distinction. Our GPA is 4.0. So they were focused on the grades normally they take in their subjects. Uh, where in corporate sector, it is, it is always believed that of course you need to have the right skill set. So if I being very pert- I get very pertinent about my experience and the way I played a role, that was uh, that was if, if for example, if you get 18 and you get eligible to get a driving license, what if you do not know how to drive? Can I put you to a driving seat? This is straight no. but of course you are eligible to be getting a driving license in case get being an eligible person and having the right skill set are at, at the different table. This is where my experience came in. And of course, I understood the fact, of course, we need to tell the universities uh, in, in our experiences that we need to visit universities from the corporate sector, with, the, with which we call it industrial liaison, that of course, we need to develop the right skill set for the graduate to be employed. And this is what universities normally sometimes miss. They focus more on theories. They more, focus more on the grades. Maybe the grades may play a role in getting scholarships. However, s- skill set is what gets you the job uh everywhere in the world so this is where my my experience came in from this place that of course I used to hire people because I was in HR throughout in the last 15 years I've been a director I've been in head so I've seen that of course I, we can play a good role for the young graduates while liaising running with the universities and this and fortunately I ended up being a director of HR for a education institution and a university as well so I, I did play a role with respect to my experience Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the HR Chat Show. IEA Training provides professional development to a changing workforce with changing needs, and we're proud to support this episode of the HR Chat Podcast. IEA offers lots of courses, webinars, and on-demand training to meet our students where they are and help them reach their goals. We're proud of our contribution to better risk analysis and high operating standards in the industry. Learn more at ieatraining.org. And now back to the conversation
1: just to follow up to that one then so you know as, as someone with a strong background in in hr including the strategic capital management side and talent acquisition side dr ali h- how do you approach building and leading high performing teams and as part of your answer what role does hr play in fostering organizational <laughs> excellence
2: yes so now if i if i focus on uh core on the corporate sector uh and even at the senior level at different sectors uh human resources play the most vital, pivotal role now these days for running organizations towards success. And uh, if you go back approximately a couple of decades back, you see that HR was very operational. You need to use to approve leaves. You need to process leaves. How many leaves are left? You need to process salaries. You need to deduct tax. However, human resources are, are is, is basically not operational. A Human resource is strategic and strategically needs to drive the organizations and now organizations as in as in uh, fo- while focusing on human resource they need to have clear kpis so if i get pertinent to about how can this leadership take advantage of having strong human resource and how did i make the management move towards strategic human resource i've made them understand the value of human resource and made them f- uh, focus on setting key goals, objectives, and strategic objectives that are leading to key performance indicators to the individuals down under working in the department. In case you do not have a right institutional goal, how can they be trickled down to the employees working for you and you can reach to a similar goal in a similar direction? So this is where human resource is extremely important at the leadership level. And this is how you can play a role as as a strategic human resource person to drive the organizations for achieving their goals by setting right KPIs.
0: Fidelo Inc. is a consulting firm specializing in improving human performance and we're proud to support the HR Chat Podcast. We help identify strategic competencies and behaviors that drive results. Our team offers an HR web software to manage systems, reports, and data for HR people that need the best insights to make the right decisions and achieve better results. Learn more at fidelo.com
1: You also have a strong background in helping Organizations uh, digitize HR processes and operations. Of course, I wonder if you can maybe now share some insights into the impact of digital transformation, and also, of course, AI. We can't we can't not do an interview these days and not talk about AI. So, um, from your experiences, uh, what what are, what are some of those successful ways to? digitalize the HR process. Okay, so and, this, is, so and the doc- this is a
2: very interesting question, Bill. So I give you 10 out of 10 for selecting this question for me. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I, right now, I, I remember whenever I used to hire uh, fresh graduates for my HR department, so I used to ask them to draft the policies. I used to ask them, write this email. I, uh, of course, human resource... is the the department which we need to be having very good writing skills. It's not about the academic writing or knowing English. It's about how do you need to give context to an email and send this to an employee? And how do you need to create a buffer for a bad, bad, bad email? How do you need to create a buffer for a good email, right? So email writing was more of a science. However, this AI, especially if I call uh, it's Plank or it's ChatGBT, has made life easier for the people working under me. And sometimes I feel that it is said that success breeds complacency and complacency breeds failure. So I guess for a few of my team members, because of that AI, got a little complacent and they, they, they do not really get now creative. So this is the downside of AI, by the way. Uh, but of course, AI has really helped uh, us saving time. So this may be a very good and separate topic we can discuss further. However, if I talk about digitizing HR, um, especially if I talk about two b- major things, one is talent acquisition. And uh, second is uh, for ERP, uh, enterprise resource planning for HR, right? For example, uh, they should be HR should get paperless now. I have digitized HR in many organizations myself as a, as an employee and as a consultant. So if I talk about one fine example for uh, a recruitment process, imagine you say, well, there's a position that is social media manager and you say you apply on HR at XYZ.com and imagine the person who is handling that email may receive 50 100 200 and 1000 emails as in is it is not humanly possible to segregate that those emails with respect to the eligibility and education and experience with respect to the series this is what softwares do for you and you can have the talent acquisition software where you can advertise a position the, this is the series uh, are automatically get, get sorted and then you can call automatically those people get called for an interview with the slots. And then you can interview online and even you can issue the offer letter. This is how you can automate processes, especially for talent acquisition. It saves time. It saves human capital cost. It's and the process gets very efficient. This is one of the fine examples of digitizing
1: HR. Rock and roll. I love the answer. Thank you very much. Uh, let's talk a little bit about culture fit now in terms of finding the the right Uh, personalities uh, as well as the right skill sets and experience to join an organization with with your experience as a certified personal profile analyst practitioner Dr Ali how do you integrate personality assessments into HR processes yes
2: yes. this is a very wonderful question and um, I would like to cater two different things in one question right so one is culture and uh, how do I need to cater personalities, right? So there are many psychometric testing, which really tells about the personality. So for example, if I suggest the listeners to, to introduce psychometric testing for at least leadership positions, uh, leadership position, if I talk about which leadership, uh, it's it's called level five leadership or servant leadership. This The culture may talk about the fact that what kind of leadership do you need to have? Um, with respect to the culture, for example, if I take an example, um, uh, I was, uh, in a training as a certified trainer. So, uh, I, I topped that training, right? So, uh, I would not like to mention the country, but my trainer called me and said, Nemati, you are the top dog of today's session. So uh, it, we had, I had a clap and I was, uh, I, I was in, in a country at the time. And then I came to a country and I repeated that I'm a top dog. And one of the person came to me and said, I'm offended. You're calling me a dog. And I said, oh, I'm sorry, but of course, it means you're the top top guy for today. And uh, the person said, no, you call me a dog. So I, I then understood the fact, of course, there are two, two cultures are never alike. So we need to make sure that, of course, we need to understand the culture so that the employees may get embedded in the culture. So this is very, we need to be very conscious about what kind of an organizational culture we need to set in with respect to the understanding of the context of what, what is said, what is hoped from you and what do we need to achieve as a team right so this is where uh, culture comes in and then uh, with respect to the personalities you need to have uh, flexible personalities with a being a sponge listening to people good listeners we cannot have impulsive people we cannot have reactive people we cannot have short-term people at the leadership position and for that we need to have psychometric testing and i used to do disk profiling d-i-s-c S C. DISC profiling this is one of the very good profilings by thomas uk So, uh, you know, in case uh, anybody would like to do so, you can visit Thomas UK and I'm certified in that. So this profiling really helps you to uh, get uh, relevant people on board, especially for the leadership position. I have uh, I've not suggested the organizations to do it for the junior level positions. But of course, this should be done manager and above.
1: That's interesting. Uh, Okay, so for for manager and above, you say. So. I wonder I wonder why you wouldn't recommend doing it for more junior positions is it because potentially psychometric testing could be off-putting for candidates you know if, if they're lo- looking for a job and there are different opportunities for them maybe they go for the the, the job that doesn't require psychometric testing or what, what are your thoughts around no
2: but uh, okay so uh, for example so for each psychometric testing there's a cost involved there's time involved right and for the junior positions normally they do not manage people so I personally feel in my humble capacity as an HR practitioner that we should be more focused on the people who are managing team and managing human capital. For some junior positions, normally the teams do not work under them and they only need to manage themselves and also to be managed. However, they do not normally manage the team. So it is very pivotal for the leadership positions, manager and above, to get this psychometric testing done. Uh, later on, if, if the organization has uh, a specific budget available, they can do that for a junior position as well. However, this is mandatory for them to at least do that for manager and above so that they can see if the guy may fit in or not. Because there is there is a talent acquisition cost involved for each and every hiring. There's a process, there are people, there's a labor cost, there's an opportunity cost, there's a time cost. So if we hire a wrong person at a wrong position, it gets it's, it gets disastrous for the organization. So For manager and above, they must have psychometric testing. And I do suggest having disk profiling.
1: Is psychometric testing and understanding one's personality, is that as important now as it was pre-pandemic? What I mean by that, Dr. Ali, is uh, previously, before the pandemic, uh, generally people worked together in the office. Uh, They had to get on well. Uh, They had to be a good fit there. Today, a lot of folks work 100% or maybe down to, say, 60% uh, remotely And therefore, there isn't that same level of of human interaction. Therefore, is personality and psychometric testing as important as it was before?
2: Well, yes, uh, post-pandemic is very important, right? Okay, let me tell you something very, very uh, interesting. Uh, So uh, I I remember in 2019, I I had a very big team. So uh, as in Director-H, I used to ask everybody that, of course, please use Microsoft Teams or Zoom. And nobody used to even bother to make accounts. And I remember uh, they were uh, we had 2,000 employees in one of the organizations. And there were only, if I'm not wrong, 53 or 54 logins to the Zoom and the Microsoft Teams. But soon as, um, and even you know, m- many people have requested for to work from home or getting the flexibility or working from a station closer to their house. So we never used to allow them. However, soon as the pandemic hit, all the aspects and the paradigms have changed and uh, people have gone to 100% logins in, in just one month. Uh, so this is how the complete scenario changed. And then post pandemic, it got extremely, so people now got acquainted and acclimatized to a flexible working environment. And as in human, you have gone through a theory that is known as theory of classical conditioning, that is of Pavlov's theory. So what if, if, if this becomes a habit or it becomes in kind of an attitude to the to the human, right? Of course, that this is possible. This is possible to work in flex hours. This is possible to work from flex locations. Then organizations need to bend down with respect to the flexibility. So now, for example, few people where organizations do not allow to work flex, we need to check whether the per- person need understands the values of the organization more or the attributes and the characteristics of his personality more. So from the personality analysis, we come to know that, of course, if an organ- a person can be compliant to organizational values, mission and mission, or the person is more compliant to the attribute he, he or she carries, and that person may want similar flexibility to be desired from the organization. So this is the reason why to fit in post-pandemic, it almost got mandatory for everybody to at least have these this profiling in their um, organizations, it's going to help them. I'm not saying that, of course, if you do not do profiling, the organization is going to shatter. But of course, I suggest uh, this is going to help them a lot. And this will also remove churn rate. Churn rate is the attrition rate people leave. So if you've got a churn rate of around 10%, it may bring it down to 2% if you do start doing profiling. And this will save the cost for talent acquisition
1: just very briefly what about pay how important is pay so we've, we've spoken about cultural issues we've spoken about in, ensuring that the candidates coming on board uh, that there is a fit there but um ultimately what about pay and benefits isn't that the most important thing when it comes to reducing that churn rate
2: okay so okay so let me let me uh, refer to your, your research research uh, there's a research uh, that of course in the generation z's and the millennials these days uh salary remuneration remains to be the second priority and their mental peace and flexibility becomes the first. And it is a research of around 2000, 2021 uh, from top of Fortune 500 companies, if I'm not wrong. And they said around 53% people have said that, of course, we need more intrinsic motivation that than extrinsic. So I'm referring for the listeners, I'm referring to the Herzberg's two-factor theory, theory X and Y, where one are the hygiene factors and one are the motivational factors. And in motivation, it's... So you are talking about the extrinsic motivation that is pay and salary and bandwidth yes extremely important extremely important everybody works for salary and money however if it if you give a wettish these days to gen z's and millennials they would like to have peace and more intrinsic motivation as a preference uh, they so they leave the organizations more because of their bosses not because of the salaries and the remunerations they're getting
1: yeah, there's these Gen Zers, eh? That um, they do have different motivations to say the the Gen uh, Gen Xers, that's for sure. Um, we are coming towards the end of this particular conversation already, Dr. Ali. Just two more questions for you before we do wrap up. Um, so uh, my understanding is that you, you're involved with lots of uh, TV channels. You're a very charismatic person. Before we hit record today, we had a little chat on the video. You're a great dresser. Um, h- how do you see effective communication? Playing into the role of HR and leadership, and what advice would you have for leaders aiming to enhance their communication skills in diverse professional settings?
2: Well, uh, lecture. So, this is uh, you again. So, uh, ten out of ten for asking this question to me. Uh, I I am. I started myself as a trainer to the communication skills, effective communication skills, and I say that very openly to each and everybody. And the listeners, you can listen to me. This quote, unquote, uh, you know, within within. Uh, with the bold and italic, you know, with the font of 72 as well. If a person is not good in communication skills, and if, if the person is competent, that person is useless sometimes with carrying such a weight of competency. Because, for example, this is as equal as placing a product in a shelf which does not have a tag, which does not have a name, which does not have a color, which does not have a packing. So communication skills lead you to to be successful. It is the top trait. Rather than if I summarize it, it is interpersonal skills that involve your spoken words, your unsaid words, your gestures, your nonverbal communication, your dressing, your branding. You need to brand yourself through effective communication. If you cannot communicate well it means you are, are, are not selling yourself well you will get you will be more towards unemployment you will more towards getting uh, uh, known unnoticed more towards getting not getting a promotion just because you are not selling yourself well because you do not communicate well and communication is not speaking it's about understanding the complete context speaking according to the context way to pause way to respond way to react way to show show motivation way to show enthusiasm way to show passion so this all comes in communication extremely the most important factor in today's world for success is effective communication skills
1: and you are a master of that sir okay just finally for today how can our listeners connect with you dr ali is that through email linkedin are you all over other socials tell us more
2: so sure. yes, I am uh, all over the socials, and uh, I, you know, for the listeners in uh, in, in countries I, I do have for the programs in English. I do have the programs in uh, uh, Urdu as well, right? You know, so uh, you can search me on YouTube. Uh, you can search me with the name of Doctor Ali Raza on LinkedIn. Uh, you can search me with the name of Doctor Ali Raza corporate trainer, on Facebook. Um, and uh, you can uh, write an email to me. I can uh, drop in the in the comment box as well. Uh, my email address is alirazanemati at gmail.com. So uh, uh, if I pronounce my name, it's A-L-I-R-A-Z-A-N-E-M-A-T-I at gmail.com. And you can search me on other socials with the name of Dr. Ali Alirazanemati, N-E-M-A-T-I.
1: Perfect. And there will, of course, listeners be links in the show notes. That just leads me to say for today, Dr. Ali, it's been lovely getting to know you today. Thank you very much for being my guest.
2: Thank you so much, Bill. And it has been a pleasure talking to you. You are doing an excellent job for connecting corporate sector and also academia together. You are doing a wonderful job. I, I followed you on the socials as well.
1: So all the best for your programs and for your upcoming uh, ventures as well. Thank you. Thank you very much. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working.
0: Thanks for listening to the HR Chat Show. If you enjoyed this episode why not subscribe and listen to some of the hundreds of episodes published by HR Gazette. And remember, for what's new in the world of work, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media, and visit hrgazette.com.